Welcome to Probably Science. My name is Andy Wood. I'm Matt Kirshen. How was your weekend? It's been it's been good. It's weird. I'm I I don't have anything to do right now. Yeah, this is the first time since when did gym start? Like or, April? Or rather, I have hundreds of things to do that I've been putting off doing because I've had a job. Yeah, yeah. I don't usually get more of those done when I have the time to. I just no. I just feel other. really guilty right. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I was doing. To be honest, I had plenty of time to do a lot of those other things when I was also working, but I kept using that as an excuse and now the excuse has gone the guilt's come flooding back right i didn't do my taxes i was late even on the six month extension on my taxes and then when i did them i found out they owed me a ton of money so i just had had not given myself money that i could have had in april like yeah. a lot of it um i was lazy hey we've got a really cool act, uh, act. <laughs> plate we, spinner we got I, a, I juggle <laughs> we got a skit coming on oh uh, yeah. Do you want to do it? Sure. I was going to say he uh, he hosts a great music podcast you should all listen to called Rock Solid. The very funny Pat Francis. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, guys. Thanks for coming. I appreciate this. Well, I like I like an early morning uh, sort of. You guys are single, so this, this is, is early, early morning for yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like to get it out of the way. I was uh, out late at a Russian spa last night, so this is early. Were you, were you really? <laughs> the first Russian spa experience. What, do you, what happened to the Russian spa? I don't know. Maybe it's what all those... I've never been to a Korean spa. I guess I haven't been to a spa. I could have just said I was at a <laughs> yeah. spa, but uh, you know, you just pay an entry fee and there's all these different kinds of sauna rooms, like wet and dry and different temperatures of tubs you can get into. So you can get the really hot, hot tub, then in this freezing cold tub. Okay. And someone could hit you with this uh, bundle of, of scented sticks of some kind. And then you fought a man in the snow, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I killed Viggo Mortensen barehanded. Yeah. So this wasn't a, you didn't get a facial and a pedicure. I think you could have, but you can also just pay the entry and then hang out for, I think up to four, we were there four hours. So yeah. I guess. Who yeah. did you go there with? Uh, it was also I had a swim meet this weekend, so post swim meet, a bunch of people went out to this. And we have some Russians. We have some Russian Olympians on our swim team. Wait, there are grown up swim meets. There are grown. It sounds very juvenile. It's really silly, but it's fun. Yeah, it's grown. You compete against people in your age window, like in your five year. In the winter, he does swim meets, and then like it's field days in the summer, he does like three. You do the three legged race, right? <laughs> right, that's true. And egg and spoon is that is that happening we have in America? An ice cream as well? Social in the fall. Yeah. Um, do you have egg and spoon races in America? Yeah, as kids. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Just checking. You and do have a swimmer's body. Well, thank you. Are you good? You're a good swimmer, obviously. I'm pretty good. I usually do. I didn't win any events this year, which was a bummer because usually, you know, I'm only competing against people my age, and most of them aren't swim. Most people my age are busy having families and stuff, and not. <laughs> um, but there was a guy who came out from Minnesota for some reason. It's supposed to be a regional meet. It was like okay. Arizona, Nevada, Southern California. But this guy from Minnesota who has the world record in my age group in the 50 free came out. So I had no chance. Is that what the medals are for on the wall? Those are, yeah. Some of, the ones on the left are comedy things and the other things are like swimming and various other stuff. Matt, do you have any sporting trophies or anything? I do, but I just buy them from shops. <laughs> I just like, well, you know, you're going past a thrift store or a secondhand shop or whatever. I'll just buy a few <laughs> trophies and medals just to feel good about myself. I play some tennis. That's about all. Yeah. I, that's, I, that's a thing. It's, it's yeah. just another thing to feel bad about when I'm here. Oh, and also, so yeah, uh, yeah. When you talk about, I'm not single, but my girlfriend went off to work this morning, and I just slept through that. And then, <laughs> yeah, just another thing to feel bad about yeah. during the you, hiatus period. You live together, pretty much. All right, effectively. And you have a girlfriend too. I uh, I think so. Okay. Uh, so. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Yes. There you have yes. something in common. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Andy's gives him more medals than mine does. <laughs> I, I I was given the opportunity yesterday. At some point, the person announcing the swim meet said, "If you'd like to donate your medals, there's this charity. I forgot what it's called. That it'll give it to kid, give them to kids with cancer." Oh, and I was geez. like, "I don't know if these cancer kids want my second place." But like, if you're dying and someone gives you their second place medal, like, but is also, that for an adult swim meet, right? Like, also, what? who doesn't say yes to that? I didn't because I thought it would be insulting to a dying kid to give him a second place. That sounds like a scam you do when there's no, they actually didn't, they don't have any medals. So they say that hoping that everyone will go, oh yeah, donate my medal. And then they never have to buy the medals. Yeah. See what I mean? Wait, you're oh, saying, yeah. Like, there's a scam. So the, the you know, like when charities go like, all right, you you, you want to do this gig? There's a thousand dollar fee for it. And everyone's like, just don't donate the fee. Don't give it like, there would never was a fee. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, if they wanted to, I but they actually want to retrieve not the want to retrieve these rather than awarding a medal. Bought, but then just there's no way they cost more than ten cents each when they're buying them in bulk. They're not nice. Like just buy some extra ones and send them to the hospital. Yeah, it's not like they're made of rare metal where they can like melt it down yeah. and like I, the, they just, need the gold for their machines. <laughs> but then I was like, is are they thinking that the kids, the cancer kids, are going to like appreciate the sentimental value of, of an adult giving up the thing that has their time written on the back and stuff? Because I don't think a kid who's dying is going to care well, about again, that. Again, it's like, it's not like it, like if it's like an Olympic medal or it, if it's like an Olympic medal or like someone's like World Cup trophy yeah. or something, you go like, wow, that's amazing. The only thing you care about if you're dying is not dying. I would think so, or, but I don't know. More time. Can I have more time? <laughs> is this a time-buying medal? <laughs> yes. Oh, even magical. having a time stamped on the back of the medal seems suddenly more just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, we are not making fun of dying kids. No, right? no, no, no. We're making yes. fun of Andy's medal collection yes. for the second episode in a row. I know, yeah. Eli Braden gave me some shit last week for it. Um, maybe I take that down. Maybe I just like... Where do you put them? If you have them somewhere, I guess. No, I, I think they're a good I think they should get there, yeah. I mean, uh, but everyone that comes here now to record your podcast is going to comment on it. Yeah, yeah. I'll take them down. Fine. I'll find no, some No, leave them up. up there. <laughs> do, you know, do you know how many are over there? Like, do you have, do you know in your head? No, because I mean, a lot of them are, you know, sometimes there won't even be someone else in my age group at a meet, like a smaller meet. This was a big meet, like 500 people, but um, I, I shouldn't have them up there. That's fine. But yeah, it's, but it's fun to do, and it's really fun to be able to be on a team with all these. Like, we've somehow recruited actual <laughs> Olympians. Like, there's a guy who, Nikita, I forgot his last name. He doesn't train with us, but he swam with us, and it was the fastest swim I've ever seen in my life. Faster than anything I really? saw in college. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's another guy who, uh, Vlad Morozov, who for a while had the world's fastest time last year in the 100 free, I think. So, yeah, for some reason, we've gotten a bunch of these Olympians and former Olympians. Um, and then we actually lost the meet by 30 points out of 2,600 points, which is a very tiny yeah, margin. It's a tiny margin, yes. And people on our team were, were saying that we, we also got like 300 points taken away in various disqualifications for them being sticklers about <laughs> stroke technique things. And people on our team thought it was sort of a conspiracy, like they're mad that we're bringing in all these ringers or something, and the refs threw it for the for the Rose Bowl aquatics team. I don't know if that's true, but uh, Those a lot of politics in the- <laughs> people at the Rose Bowl aquatics yeah. team. I think you should get two plaques, one that says Andy's passes and Andy's medals, and then hang them above <laughs> where the medals and the passes With are. With a picture of me over the plaque, yes. give it a thumbs up. Yep. Yeah. Pat, we yes. like to ask our guests this before we get deep into the stories. What, if anything, is your background in science? And oh. we've had guests where it's ranged from like having PhDs down to just, I, I liked 
chemistry as a kid or we blew stuff up in the woods when we were not being supervised? When I was in high school in chemistry class, we had the worst chemistry teacher. Uh-huh. And what do you call the what do you call the glass things that you put under the um, a microscope? What are those slides? Oh. Slides, I think. Yeah. Like, but those slide, but they don't have anything on them. They're just the glass. Yeah. Here's what. Here's my chemistry thing. I would we would wet those, and then we would stick them in the back of the room on shelves, and when they would dry, they would fall on the floor and break. So and, it was like a sort of competition to see which ones would oh. fall. Yes, <laughs> but we would do that without the teacher knowing, and then he would be like, "What." Did someone just drop something? That's, that's as far as I get with science. Do I have to be an expert on science to be not, here? Not in the slightest. All right. No, we've, we've, some of our favorite episodes have been with people who are very far from experts. Are uh, you an expert? You're an expert. No, we, we, sit, we sit in the middle. We right. sit... We, we uh, both middle is even generous, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Well, it depends on... Yeah. But we, we both have science-ish degrees. Mm-hmm. I did mathematics. Andy was an engineer. No, I, I was a theater communication major in college. Um, what did you have to do any uh, theatrical productions? On, were you on stage? In no, college? it was more. It was more communications. Okay, small liberal arts school in Pennsylvania. Is, I hated college. How's your space work? <laughs> Can you act? Well, I know that this isn't a phone. Okay, that's not a phone. That's not a phone. That's true. This is Mahala. Yeah, stick it out your pinky and, and yeah, thumb. That's that's not a phone. UCB one hundred and one. They'll get mad. Terrible space. Yeah, so angry when yeah. people who like act or are improv. If you if you do the sort of thumb and pinky finger out to be on the telephone, furious. Well, it ta- totally takes me out of the scene, yeah. Matt. But that's but that's how I hold my phone. <laughs> like I wedge well, then, it between my thumb and my little finger. Yeah, and I pin it against the side of my face like that. I'm surprised nobody's made some kind of wireless headset that's just shaped like a hand doing that that you could have on your face, like a Bluetooth thing that's just attached to your. I face. guess if I was oh, yeah. if I was doing improv now, I would just like touch my ear like I had a Bluetooth in, and that's how I would talk. <laughs> just to show that just you're time. A yeah, hello, I'm there. Francis, go. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then just look up at the audience, going, yeah. "It's hands free." <laughs> The first time I ever saw one of those, I thought I was seeing someone's nervous breakdown. I was living in San Francisco, it's like 15 years ago, and I saw someone speed into this parking lot near the Presidio where I was walking home, get out of his car and just start walking up into the woods, screaming to nobody. He just got out of his car, just started yeah, walking and yelling. That is and I creepy. thought it was like a schizophrenic guy, but he just wanted to like be alone no, in the woods no, the wireless. to have an angry yeah. phone call, but I didn't see anything on his... Wow. Well, it's just so zero background in science. No, that's great. Um, what you're talking about um, occupying yourself in science class, and that was something we we never did the slide thing, but mm-hmm. we did. Um, and I've talked about this a few years back. I think our favorite thing in chemistry was they had these bottles of um, squirty bottles full of one 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 trichloroethane, which is a solvent and highly flammable. And it was to dry. It was to dry samples. The idea is you spray it on. Or you squirt it on things, and it forces out the water, and then it evaporates quickly, so it just dries stuff quickly. Gotcha. But also, it's a squirty bottle full of lighter fluid. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> so we'd make trails, and it, we we make oh, yeah, yeah. we make trails like the length of the. We had these long benches, so we make trails the length of them, or on the floor, and just light one end of it. Those those black uh, sort of. Chalk-ish benches? No, it was like wood. It was like old heavy wood. Oh, okay. And w- uh, it would go out quickly? Windless. Yeah, because it, it's it's so... It has such a... Um, uh, it, uh, it evaporates so... At room temperature so quickly. So... And it's such a 
quick burn as well that it just sits above. I think you can you can even it's Touch risky. It no, but you can even like spray some on your hand and light it, oh, okay. and you're mostly fine. <laughs> but you will burn the hairs off the back of your hand. Now, are we going to do that today? Yeah, so we're going to do that okay, today. Actually, we're going to do that. So uh, reach under under the couch there, and there's a bottle <laughs> of. But the reason why I bring that up is um, according to this article. Teenagers, teenage brains can't tell what is important and what isn't. <laughs> um, teenagers, and you're a parent as well. And I have, a, I have two teenagers. Right. Uh, teenagers may well know how important final exams are, but that won't stop some putting in minimal effort. This may be because their brains aren't developed enough to properly assess how high the stakes are and adapt their behavior accordingly. Um, adults are generally good at being able to tell when a situation is worthy of extra time or concentration. I dispute this because I, oh, I guess maybe my brain just never developed. <laughs> but research has found that when potential rewards or losses are higher, for example, adults will perform better on tasks. But that doesn't seem to be the, ta- the case for adolescents. Catherine Insel at Harvard and her team asked adolescents between the ages of 13 and 20 to play a game while lying in, a, in an fMRI brain scanner. In some rounds of the game, participants could earn 20 cents for a correct response, while an incorrect one would cost them 10 cents. But in rounds with higher stakes, correct responses worth a dollar, and wrong ones worth minus 50 cents. The team found that while the older volunteers performed better in the high-stakes rounds, the younger ones didn't. Their performance didn't change in line with whether the stakes were low or high, and the older the volunteers were, the more improved their performance was. Interestingly, the ability to adjust performance according to the stakes at play emerged gradually across adolescence, says Incel. While the teams looked at the brain activity of the volunteers, they found that their ability to improve their performance was linked to how developed their brain was. A region called the uh, corticostratial network seemed to be particularly important. This is known to connect areas involved in reward to those that control behavior and continues to develop until we're at least 25. The more high stakes the more developed this network was, the better the volunteers were able to boost their performance on high-stake tasks. But, I mean, sometimes high stakes also could cause you to be more stressed and then do worse just because you're nervous about the high stakes. Yeah, I guess maybe they see that lighting up on the in the scanner. See, my kids, they... You can go... Like, they didn't have this when I was a kid. You can go on a website and you can see what your grade is. You oh, can see right. all your grades. Right. So, like, my, uh, my oldest daughter, who's a senior, she'll say... Uh, She'll go, oh, I have a final tomorrow or whatever, a midterm. And I'll go, are you studying? She goes, well, I looked at my grades and I can get an 80 on it and still have an A. <laughs> so oh. so there, therefore, she's like, so I'm going to study, but I'm not going to crazy study. Yeah. And then she'll say, I could probably take it right now and get an 80. So, I mean, we're bombarded so much with yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you can keep tabs on your kids so much right now. It's... It's kind of insane. Like when I was when I was in high school, I would come home. And my mom would say, "Do you have homework tonight?" And I'd say, "No," even though I did. And she'd go, "All right." Yeah. If my kids say they don't have homework, I go, "Hold on a second. <laughs> and I look at them. I go, "No, you have a thing due tomorrow, and you have to do this. You have to do a a John Wilkes Booth wanted poster is due <laughs> this week." Oh, that's right. Okay, they're also I, in theater production. Yeah, and John Wilkes <laughs> right. Booth was this close to getting away with it. Right. If you, yep. yeah. <laughs> What's, so is that a thing that's unique to that school? Is that how all school is now? It's how all school... The, oh, what's the website's called? Like Skew, Q School or something. Or Q Prime. I don't know. It's something. But um, but that's what... Yeah, you can... You can't you can't yes. your parents anymore. You can't, you can't. Uh, you can't turn a D into nope. a B with an extra line. And, uh. <laughs> no, I get a daily Google uh, report from my, from my 13-year-old. She's in eighth grade. That's wow. a little too much, isn't it? I daily? know. That's... It's good. I know. Well, when people tell me, like, you know, uh, what's it like having a teenager... I have to be honest. I think the future is looking bright. I mean, because yeah. uh, 
my kids are, they come home and they, they do their homework immediately before they do anything else. They get a snack and they go to their rooms and they do their homework. And they're not being given, because I've also heard people say that there's like this, uh, this huge uh, problem with too much homework and kids don't have enough free time. Like every class is giving. Um, they, is that, no, I mean, I, I don't feel like they have too much or too little. It seems like a, a reasonable amount. They don't complain about it. I'm not saying well, I'm the, well, my wife and I are the, are, are the best parents, and that's why it's, it seems like all their friends and everyone, that's, that's what's happening now. So Oh, like kids are just prioritizing that now? Yeah. yeah. Is it because of Hardwick? Is it, are nerds are cool now? Is that what, did he May, start this? Maybe. Whole? Well, you know, once a nerd can buy a Rolls Royce and have uh, hot ladies, you're, yeah. are you still a nerd? <laughs> well, yeah, that's like the thing about like comic books. When you're, when you're like thing that used to be your niche is now like the highest grossing movie mm-hmm. of all time. Do you still get to claim your outsider status? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's good for your kids at well, least and, and for the future. I hope that's true of all. Yeah, I guess my nephews are just starting to get to the age where they'll probably have homework soon. So I don't really know what they're what they do. They're also concerned with social issues, which I know this isn't science. No, no, go ahead though. But yeah. they are they are they are they're you know, they always talk to us about what about this and what about that and Well that's good because that does yeah. show a level of development of empathy, which is one of the later yes. things to develop in children. That's one of the again, one of the things that kids one of the reasons why kids can be such dicks is because the mm-hmm. part of the brain that really develop deals with things like empathizing and understanding like yeah. no that hurts if you do that that hurts mm, him don't right. do that mm-hmm. um that does seem to show like a greater level of empathy and understanding and concern well, for others that i agree maybe my friends and i had when we were <laughs> that age well it's little things like one. i mean like the first time I, they ever saw me give money to like a homeless person we had just come out of starbucks and we we're all have our you know six dollar you know, frappuccinos yeah. and I see a homeless person. And I'm like, well, I can't really spend 20 bucks on coffee and not give this person $2. And my yeah. daughter said, why did you give him money? And I just told her exactly that. I'm like, we, we, these are, we just, we're, look what we're drinking. I yeah. go, we're very fortunate to be able to do this. I go, so you have to help other people. And then they, that kind of clicked. Yeah. They could understand. Well, this is one of my a slight problem I have with this study, and I don't know whether they control with it, control for it, and whether the brain scan helped, the simultaneous brain scan helped prevent this. But my worry is the the thing they're using to increase or decrease the seriousness of the test mm-hmm. or the stakes of the test is money. Um. And should money have been, yeah. should have been pain. Well, money well, <laughs> should be pain, like a shock collar. <laughs> yeah. But money means very money means different things to a thirteen-year-old to what they what it means to a twenty-year-old. A thirteen-year-old is far more dependent on their parents' money anyway. Mm-hmm. So, like when I was thirteen, you know, you'd be like, "Oh, this is your allowance, this is your pocket money," but it wasn't as important because money just meant, "Oh, I could get some treats or I couldn't get some treats." But I was, but when I was twenty and living at university, yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is this is lunch or this is going out for the right. evening." I can't just sort of. Go like, Mom, I want to go to the cinema tonight. Can we get a, Can I get an extra tenner? Oh, no, you can't do that because you're in a different city and you're a, at right. least pretending to be an adult. So I, I'm wondering whether the different seriousness with which the different age groups take money could also have affected yeah. the study. Well, yeah, if you, if you have kids, if you have, an, if you have a kid 7 to 12 years old, the next time you go to the grocery store to buy just a few things, <clears throat> when they're on the, uh, when it's, when you're getting ready to pay, just ask your, your 
kid say, how much do you think this stuff costs? Because like my, thir- she's 13 now, but when she was 11, she would be like, it'd be like toothpaste, loaf of bread, uh, you know, a cantaloupe. And she'd go, $70. Bo- $70. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> no, it's not $70. All right. Or they'll go $1. The, or, you know, <laughs> yeah, or they go the other way. Three cents. It's like, no, no. Yeah, they have yeah. no idea what something, a loaf of bread or milk costs. I remember one time we were at some, uh, we were on vacation somewhere and there was some trinket at a, at a tourist shop that was $20. I was like, oh, that's only $20. I remember my grandma saying like, only 20 have you ever made $20 yes. in a day? Like, no, okay, it's, grandma, it's crazy. Point. But also your grandma's opinion is skewed because $20 to her also yeah, is just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On an average day, how much money do you spend, Matt? I don't know. Just, it, it, it varies a lot. But if I'm not, if I'm not making any big purchases. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let me think. I maybe, maybe if I'm not buying anything or doing a specific event, yeah. then maybe twenty five bucks. Maybe I think. Oh man, I am bad. I think I'm bad too. I think it's it's a little more than twenty five. I think for me, it's a lot more. But I'm not sure. It's I, per day. I put everything on one credit card. And I almost never use cash unless I am forced to. Like I, I could I be way, I could be way off though. I'm bad at estimating this. I'm just thinking like <laughs> I can estimate it because I know it's one credit card bill and I right. pay it off every month and it's usually about three thousand a month. Three thousand a month a and then hundred a day. That's a hundred a day. day. Yeah, oh. but then but then that's also that's everything for life though. That's wow. including my my health insurance. That's. Um, which well, there is, we go. Yeah, that's the thing. You're sort of putting on things like... Now yeah. that the mandate's I'm talking about you, you wake up today and then you're just going about your day-to-day normal... Yeah. How much money are you going to drop? If we go out the evening, if, you know, if, if Holly and I go out to dinner and I pick up the check, then that's suddenly... That's already pushing up... Yeah. Pushing the daily total yes, up to... definitely. Up to the 100 mark once you've included the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Chick-fil-A can be expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because I buy for everyone because I'm more fortunate. That's what I... <laughs> have you ever given, have you ever bought something that wasn't money and given it to a homeless person who... A pay oh, handler? Like, oh my God, I have a great story about I, that. I think everyone has like... Uh, this well, is yeah, a great me. one. Okay. I play poker once a, once a, a month with, uh, with my close friends, Mike Siegel, Murray plays, a couple guys, a mm-hmm. bunch of us play. And everyone's responsible for bringing, you know, one guy brings tacos. I always bring, I always go to Little Caesars and I bring... Two pizzas. Five dollar hot and ready. Yeah, yeah, I bring two of those. The diarrhea so, special. So, right, exactly. So, um, so I'm going into Little Caesars, and there's a homeless guy outside, you know, and he says, you know, do you have any money? I'm like, uh, I'll get you on my way out. So I go in, and I and I get three pepperoni pizzas, and I come out, and I give it to the guy, and he and he opens it up, and he says, I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. He said, I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. And handed me back the pepperoni pizza. And I'm like, well, okay. Like, yeah. I've heard variants I mean, like, of that story what? many times, surprising is, numbers of times. That's crazy though, right? If it's well, I don't know, like but if you saying, are, if you're vegetarian, right. yeah. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's so literally, <laughs> I would personally, beggars can't be choosers, like, personified. I, yeah, I mean, I'm veggie and I would take the pizza, but, I, but, I, but I'm less strictly veggie. But you're, not, you're also just, not homeless. That's also true. That's also a, a factor, I think, in if you're going to live or die as food. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's maybe he's fine on food, and it's who knows. I don't. I'm so conflicted about panhandlers. I, I haven't given money to one in a while, and I'm because I'm like, whatever I do, I should decide that's my policy, and it should be what I do always. Yeah, true. Instead of like whatever mood I'm in that day. Yeah. And if my policy is now that it's always, then it has to be all. I don't know. Like I want to come up with some rule for it where I could just take every case as it comes. Yeah, but, it's uh, hard for me to pass anyone without. It's really tough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I'm really because I think. What if I, what if that, you don't know what's going to happen to you. Yeah. yeah. I go, what if that's, that's especially you see like a guy that's 
I'm like, that guy looks like he's 70 years old. What's right? What's going on? But then, am when, I, do and, I do I have to have do they have to do they have to prove to me they're like, you know, poor off bona fides for me to like? No, because I, I, I think that's yeah. also one of the most destructive things that yeah. like the right wing tabloids have done over the years is just like finding six stories of fake beggars and then right right and then and that's like, the blanket for everyone it's like this this family is rinsing the like how's an industry and they go like oh you you just so your sh- you get your shitty article out there <laughs> yeah. you're right. they're just propagating this idea that everyone on the streets is there through choice and it's just like no yeah. but neither of the extremes are true like what you probably want to believe then isn't always true like i have a friend who was helping someone Helping someone who get get relocated, or help, helping somebody who was homeless, trying to find a place, and uh, eventually that they had helped them narrow it down to like there were actual options this person could afford, but it was requiring them to come into to a part of no, it was requiring them to go out to like Inland Empire or something, mm-hmm. but 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 have a home. Yeah, and after all this work went in, that person was like. No, I'm going to keep being homeless in LA. I don't want to. And then you're like, oh, this is like what, what my Republican parents think people are doing. Uh, but sometimes it is true. I'm not saying it always. I'm just saying like, yeah, n- it's neither extreme. Like there's there. Everybody, everybody's an individual and there are cases that, yep, that gonna... bother both sides because they defy what you want to believe. Yep. The and case there's also plenty is, of versions you know. of homelessness that aren't the sort of stereotype. Like there are plenty of people who are functionally homeless, but don't live on the streets, but just right. don't like go from couch to couch to... Mm-hmm. Bed sit to uh, yeah. yeah. hostel to yeah. <laughs> yeah so I'm not saying I'm not sympathetic but I'm saying like there are it's it's a it's, it's a spectrum obviously of so like, you have a rule you do not do just, you do I not don't, do it because again I feel like if I if I start then I have to do it always and am I going to start doing it always I don't know I, maybe it, I'm hard hearted and then if like I remember when the uh, when the Powerball was up to like five hundred million dollars, and my mom they live in Pennsylvania, they always have, they always will. My mom was like, "Are you playing the Powerball?" And I go, "I'll probably get a Powerball ticket because it's so high, it's so yeah. ridiculous." She goes, "What would you do if you won?" I go, "I got to be honest with you, that's a lot of responsibility to win that much money." <laughs> and my mom's just like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like. Uh, how do I walk by a homeless guy if I have have just won a bi- half a billion yeah, dollars? Yeah. I mean, how are you, Tom Hanks? Do you? Yeah. Do you give the person $5,000? I mean, well, I don't know what. The and, and they know your face and they know that face. It means you're yeah. rich. You could at least keep yes. a secret if you yes, a lot of Yes, true, money, true. Like, to be synonymous you, with wealth as a person. And you could help people like behind the scenes like with foundations and yeah. set up things Well, that, like that's that, the but, bigger thing. Like it, like, it is, um, like it is a more effective use of the money to and time to volunteer at homeless shelters right, and give right. money to outreach organizations that do good work yeah. and actually... It's the same as um, food banks, food drives. Uh, they do accept canned goods and they accept <laughs> food because, from uh, just from a looks point of view, yeah, they don't want to be saying to people stop giving us food, just give us money because it because it looks sort of miserly and it looks right. shitty. But the truth is, giving food to food banks is mostly bullshit. Like giving food, I didn't know this. Like, what? well, it's. You know, it's not. Some staples are are useful, and certain toiletries and things like that that people forget to give are useful. But for the most part, people who run food banks are like, if you have food, fine, give it to us. But most of the time, people just like you go. People go to the supermarket and buy like twenty tins of beans or something, yeah. cream corn, cream yeah. corn, and a, give it to them. And a like, can of beets. If you just gave us that fifteen dollars, we could we buy wholesale <laughs> and we have connections to the supermarket 
distributors and we could make that money go five times further and we would buy the stuff that we actually need rather than just what shit you have in your cupboards that hasn't been eaten and is about to go out out of date so that yeah there are there are things like that but then those charities are also torn because if they then say stop giving us food they look like they're just sort of penny pinching, like just give yeah. us the money, and then and then people are like, oh, what are you going to spend the money on? Like, the, is that just going to go to the chairman of the board for a fancy holiday or whatever? You know? Right. Um, and then and want, and, and they know that like, they know the specifics, like you said, of what they actually need yeah. and can use. And that's the same as you know, if you give money to someone on the street, you know that they are getting that money. If you give it to the charity in your head, you're like, is that going to be put to best use, or is that going to buy a new car for the person who runs that yeah. organization? So the guy who I wanted to give the pizza to, if I were to give him the $5, he would know what he needs more than I need. But then you have those people that go, he's just going to buy drugs and beer. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah. well, then if he really needs drugs and beer, if that's what gets him through mm-hmm. the day, if that's what gets him past the I, winter. I saw a homeless guy that said, I need, I need money for a beer. One, well, right. One the day. Why lie? It's for beer. Yeah. Why lie? It's yeah, for beer. Sure. Yeah. Um, I did a, I wrote a sketch about that where like the first guy to come up with that was like mad at back in the heyday of like mm-hmm. everyone saying that uh, Carlos Mencia was stealing jokes. Yes. That. This is, yeah, just basically like uh, panhandlers hacking each other's jokes. <laughs> was, I had the Why Lions for Beer sign first that someone else was. What to, what happened to Car- where is Carlos exactly. Mencia? We were also worried about that ten years ago, and, yeah, uh, and I don't. Just, it's like he doesn't even exist, right? We were also mad because he was stealing uh, the hero Louis C.K.'s jokes. And fast forward ten years, <laughs> oh <Yeah>. my god! <laughs> this would be the time for him to come out and make a comeback. He yeah. could use all that material yeah, again. It's all free. It's all yeah, it's all out there. Domain. No one wants to hear the other guy say it anymore. Yep. He has a podcast. Oh really? Oh, he does. Yep, and he is on tour. Yeah, he's touring still. But it's it's like improvs and like San Jose Improv, which is a big room for, for clubs, but it's not the theaters that he was he, playing. He's not he's ago. not doing what George Lopez can still do. Yeah, and sell he, out the universe. Well, I mean, he was playing arenas at one point, Mencia, yeah. and now he's back down to clubs. But he's still, I'm sure, he's doing very well in those clubs, and he packs them out, and I'm, I'm sure he's having a very comfortable life. Right? Like, is Dane Cook still? Is he clubs or is he bigger than clubs still? Do I don't know. Yeah, but you know, again, you know, he's. But I remember 10 years ago But Dane Cook's made some movies too Yeah yeah, yeah. But it's also not a bad life to be like You know Oh no no I'm not Yeah yeah Your career has slipped to the point That you're now where most comics want to be (laughs) 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 uh, Career I've really shrunk down to the point That I can pack out uh, (laughs) I can pack out large comedy clubs And it's a special event Yep (laughs) Get a door deal or whatever you get Yeah Rather than like the sort of papered club rooms That the rest of us do but did you ever get in emotionally invested in that kind of stuff like 10, 12 years ago, Matt? Like joke theft as a thing? I, like I remember being mad at, at, at Dane Cook and Carlos Mencia. Like how did I have enough emotional energy to yeah, get invested like, in that kind of stuff? That, and like this guy's like, when you first start as well and you get, you're so idealistic, you're like this guy's a fucking heck. This is good and this is bad <laughs> and these are the rules. <laughs> and then you get a bit older. Firstly, you become friends with some of those people. Right. And then secondly, you're like... Fuck, they, everyone's just working. Everyone has shades of originality and shades of tricks up their sleeve. And, and people are just, you know, if someone's actively stealing jokes yeah. from comics below them, that's a dick move. But like the rest of it, you just go, look, you're getting people through the door. You're getting people out to watch comedy. Right. You're getting people interested in comedy. And maybe, We're- you know, it's like, it's like you're, you do, you do a music podcast and you're, you love music and big into the music scene. And like, I, I'm sure. Like, how do you feel about like pop music and like 
bubblegum pop and stuff like that. Well, we, we didn't, you know, I, uh, the intro to my podcast, we always say uh, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. And so I'm like, you know, I don't feel like we're doing enough new. So a couple weeks ago, we, we just played, we listened to the top 20 most downloaded songs on iTunes. Not, not of all time, but like current. current. Right now, yeah. And it, that was a rough go. Really? I mean, it was rough. It was for me. It was really rough. Like I think you're out more of the classic rock part of the podcast, right? That's yeah. But I don't. But I like I like new music. But I just don't like you know you know the, there were two Demi Lovato songs and that Which does nothing for me. I don't know what they sorry, were. Sorry, not sorry. One of them because that's a pretty good song. I mean, and I like you know I you know I still you know because I like I love Twenty One Pilots and I love I still love Pink. I know she's not Demi, but you know what I mean. But some yeah. of it was it was a tough. It was tough. That was uh, it was me. It was me, Murray Valeriano, and my nephew. And my nephew's twenty eight, and we are all just like, Shh, "This is." But then, but then I, I say two things. To that firstly, it gets it gets them through the door. It gets yeah. it gets kids used to the idea of buying music or going to concerts yeah. and enjoying music as a thing, and they can then progress to a. And there, there, some of that pop music is a brilliant and re- really well written, yeah, well yeah. produced, and some of it's trash. Mm-hmm. And we could have had a bad week too. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like we're doing this once a month, but yeah. the but week we chose. That's also the thing that people do. There's always articles either about music or it's about comedy or about any art form where they go like, look what's out here now. This is bullshit. And, you, and then you look at the article and go, like, oh, so let me get this straight. You are comparing a <laughs> snapshot of what's exactly out today mm-hmm. to the stuff that has survived 50 <laughs> yeah. years. Yeah. And, and the stuff... That, yeah, you know, a guarantee for every Beatles or Kinks or like Beach Boys or whatever. Right. There's there were fifty abysmal bands that right. briefly fluttered up the charts mm-hmm. and then were never heard of again. True. And they haven't. The yeah. reason why the Beatles are still talked about fifty years later is because they're the from Beatles. They're the Beatles. Like and, people talk about. I think '97 is a year. A lot of people say is is a great music year, and it is. Like the, ton, the OK Computer, Radiohead, and like the spiritualized, and, and when, like and when also, you bring up Matchbox you bring, Twenty, like there were so many things that were awful yeah. in '97 and third wave ska bullshit. Like so, yeah, I think parallel things going I think on. I dupe by dupe was it was in ni- what is that '96 or '97? It was around the same time. It was a one hit wonder by a band called Dupe that produced a dance track where the only lyric was the word dupe okay uh and i'm gonna have to check that out hang on dupe. The, I, I hate when you say 1997 because um, i'm the first thing i think i'm gonna go that's fucking 20 years ago oh i, I was know. i was yeah. off by like, three years dupe oh was, my god dupe was 94 oh, okay. i apologize okay. but still like right like, again 94 right in the right in the heyday of grunge the beginnings of brit pop um but also, let's see. Let me think of the worst thing that happened in '94 besides Forrest Gump. Well, I uh, well I think Dupe by Dupe <laughs> is going to take some beating. Yeah, '94. Um... Oh Jesus! This is it. Is this the animated frog that's on the hover bike? No, nope. nope, that was another one. <laughs> okay. Oh no! Did this chart? Is this the hamster dance? This- this not only chart I think it charted like it was at the very least top ten. It might have been in what country? Well, it charted in Britain, but it was from. Do you want to guess which country it was originally from? South Africa. No, you, you're thinking wrong mm, continent. I'll tell you that right off. Australia. No, you think Europe? Um, Hungary. It was it was Dutch. Yeah, I, I think we're just going to cut this short because it looked like you were getting <laughs> the win there. Fun guessing game. <laughs> Um, what about the uh, dance club remix of Cotton Eye Joe? Was that 94? <laughs> it was around, around the same time. Okay, so 
dupe by dupe, it hit number one in the UK charts. And yeah. how also, long did it stay there? Not that long, I don't think. But um, but still, that that that's a number one song. It yeah. hit number yeah. two in the US Billboard Hot Dance Club playlist play chart. It seems like a very specific. I think chart. it probably yeah, is, particularly back yeah. then. Yeah, there's a lot. The, the Billboard chart. There's a lot of offshoots. The Heat Seekers. Know, top, it's, like, it's like the top iTunes. twenty medals on Andy's wall. It's like the iTunes charts for podcasts and for comedy albums. We have a bunch yeah. of friends that put out comedy albums and they go to number one. Yeah. Talk to that friend. You know how many they sold? Yeah. Or is this giving away too much? If I, I'm not gonna name names, but like, you can have double digits of album sales for a comedy album and reach number one in comedy because it's yeah. a Heat. It's a like the, it's a Heat Seekers. Yeah. It's the yeah, change, we've, we've charted the, quite high in the iTunes podcast charts before, but again, I don't know their exact algorithm, but... It's not about it is, the numbers. It's no, it's about like numbers. if we have a big week, like for exa- just as an example, when Will Anson was on the first time, we got to number some like three or four in the Australian iTunes charts. That's great. So but, you guys actually go in and look at other countries where you're We, we, where you're we specifically looked up Australia because we okay. knew Will was on. But okay. you know, we, we charted ahead of... You know, things like WTF and Nerdist. Mm-hmm. But I know they, at that time, they were a full order of magnitude more downloads per week <laughs> yeah, than us. Right. It's just that we spiked. We jumped, we jumped from way below them to slightly less below them in, yeah, in a the, very short space slow, of time. Also, I've looked, I've looked before, like when I, have, when I have a guest of note that I think will push us up there. And like you'll check and you'll be at like, you know, number you're 25. And then I'll check an hour later and you're at 33. So I'm like, oh, if I would have checked four hours ago, I wonder if we were at number 10. I mean, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, if it changes I'm glad I hourly. stopped checking. There was a time in the podcast history when I would look, and now I haven't looked. Yeah, I used to look months. all the time. I used to look. I think everyone does that at yeah. first to see what's going on. But um, and as far as comedy, stand-up comedy, like, yeah, people are so precious with, oh, that guy's talking about this, and I talk about that. It's like we're all walking the same planet, and we're experiencing yeah. the same things. It's just how, you know... And how you, think, you what what your take on everything is right, and and I think one of the things Cosman was getting in trouble for was like they're going to build a wall, who's going to build it? Like that was everyone's joke. Yeah. That's nobody's. Yeah. That's joke. the hill that's, you're going to you die on. Own, yeah, yeah I know. The most obvious. That's what you're going to argue about. Yeah. Um. So speaking, I was going to say speaking of '97 uh, and, and uh, years that had a lot of things going on. Yeah. Uh, any musical highlights from 1980? Do you remember? You, is this a segue into a specific <laughs> this is a segue to a side story? Yeah. What is the story? I don't even know where you're going. Uh, because for the first time since 1980, Voyager One has fired up its thrusters. This 1980. Is... I'm going to say the year that um, Steely Dan's Gaucho came out. Is that right? That's the only album yeah, I can pull from you're 1980. Right. Okay. Billy Joel Glass Houses. Okay. Um, uh, is there a soundtrack from Empire Strikes Back? I just know that. I don't I'm trying to remember what was things. the number one. I did know what I was born in 1980. I'm trying to remember what was number one when I was born. Hmm. Mount St. Helens blowing up. Did that chart? Yeah, May, yeah, that was what it was. May 18th, 19. Oh, there's some good albums that came out in 1980. Uh, Remain in Light, Talking Heads. Oh, wow, yeah. Back in Black. Yes, of um, course. British Steel, Judas Priest, Scary Monsters, Bowie. Nice. Um, sound Effects by The Jam. Uh, is there an Elvis Costello album that year? I'm not this sure. Model? See, this is what I mean. When you read this list, it, in 20 years, is someone going to read the list of songs from 2000 or the albums from 2017 and say, wow, there were a lot of good albums in 2017? I'm sure there were. Yeah, and there were good albums. And mm. yes, yeah, the, What's your favorite album of this year? God, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not sure at all. I, I'm, not that I was asked. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go for it. What do you think? Uh, I really like Timber Tambor. Do you know them? I don't know that. 
Sincerely Future Pollution by Timber Tamber, I think is my favorite so far this year. But I got to look at my what what else I've downloaded and see. There might be something else I'm forgetting. I just discovered Butch Walker. Do you know him? Yeah, 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 yeah. From Holy Marvelous shit. Three and. I'd never heard of him or seen him, and Brian Cook He's had an everywhere. extra ticket. He, he, we saw him at the Hotel Cafe, which is a tiny yes, place. I know. I've been to Hotel Cafe many times. It was like seeing, I don't know, like Springsteen or Cheap Trick in the 70s in a bar. <laughs> you need to go see this guy. Uh, he, he's in the same, and I hate this phrase, wheelhouse. He's in the same type of, wow, same wheelhouse. What, what's wrong with wheelhouse? Just, I don't know. I just a, hate it. It's overused now? I think so. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Mallon. Do you know who Jesse no, Mallon is? No, Jesse you, uh, he And he plays there. He's uh, He lives in New York, but he plays there. Yeah, and, he, was, was, uh, he was he was he was lead singer for a band called Degeneration. I haven't punk heard of band. Well, you should check him out when I he, will. the next time because if you liked Butch Walker, you'll like this guy. Okay, I will check it out. Yeah, tells great stories. And if listeners are coming to LA and looking for something to do, that's a great like hotel cafe. Mm-hmm. If you're bored, there's always multiple stages going, and yep. I think it's almost always just ten bucks, and you can discover some great band. It's really right? cool. Yeah. So the Voyager, which was launched. Uh, it's 40 years old now Um, NASA scientists needed to reorient the 40 year old Voyager 1 the space agency's furthest away spacecraft so its antenna would point towards Earth 13 billion miles away that's 13 billion miles 13 billion with a B but the attitude control thrusters the first option to make it turn had been wearing out so NASA searched for plan B eventually deciding to try using four trajectory correction maneuvers that's tcm thrusters located on the back side of it but those thrusters had not been used in 37 years that is as old as me nasa wasn't sure they'd work tuesday on tuesday engineers fired up the thrusters and waited eagerly to find out whether the plan was successful they got their answer 19 hours and 35 minutes later which is the time it took for the results to reach earth i would have thought 13 billion miles would take even longer than that yeah so yeah it's but it's 19 light hours away i guess It's like a light day away. So what happened? Uh, they worked perfectly. The spacecraft turned and the mood at NASA shifted to jubilation, says CNN. So it must be true. The Voyager team <laughs> got more excited every time with each milestone in the thruster test. The mood was one of relief, joy and incredulity after witnessing these well-rested thrusters pick up the baton as if no time had passed at all, says Todd Barber who is a propulsion engineer at NASA's JPL. They should make a movie about this, like Hidden Figures, yeah. but just about this. This one thruster. See if they can get the thrusters. See what yeah. happens. The thruster that could. With these thrusters that are still functional after 37 years without use, we will be able to extend the life of Voyager spacecraft by two to three years, says project manager Suzanne Dodd. Um, so in so this was launched 40 years ago. In, ni- um, in 1977, the twin spacecraft Voyagers 1 and 2 were launched 16 days apart. In September 2013, Voyager 1 became the first human-made object to leave the solar system, entering interstellar space, which is the environment between the stars. Voyager 2 lags behind, but according to NASA, it's following the lead of the first and is on course to enter interstellar space in the coming years. The pair are still exploring the outer solar system and continue to communicate daily with Earth. And my iPhone from three years ago is basically useless. Yeah. How can we have a 40-year-old <laughs> well, space they, probe? That... Here's what they did. They never did the upgrades. Okay, yeah, you can't. Whenever your spacecraft asks you if you want to upgrade. It's like no. trying to force the upgrade on you, and you're like, don't do it. Star Trek, the motion picture, don't they Don't they discover one of the Voyagers? And, but they, it's, it's like scratched off, so they, and they call it V'ger. Oh, I don't know if I've actually seen... Oh, it's I not... I thought I'd seen that movie, but I'm not sure I ever have. I'm pretty sure. I think so I might have just that, seen that's what's going to happen in the in the not too distant future. 
is a, the, a, a, a space team is going to find. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Voyager 1, is that the one that has the gold record? Or is that... I always forget where that thing is. I'm not sure. Um, so, the Voyager missions discover the first active volcanoes beyond Earth, which is on Jupiter's moon Io, and hints of a subsurface ocean on another Jupiter moon, uh, Europa. They encounter Saturn's largest moon, Titan, where data showed a thick Earth-like atmosphere. They found the icy moon Miranda at uh, Uranus and spotted icy cold uh, geysers on Neptune's moon Triton. The, the significance of Voyager is the, is the vast amount of knowledge of outer space it's provided and the interest in further exploration, which has resulted in the Galileo mission to Jupiter and the Cassini mission to Saturn, as well as the discovery of three new moons around Saturn using Earth-based instruments. Um, because of that success that they just had with Voyager 1's TCM thrusters, they plan to do, do it on Voyager 2 as well, uh, the need to use them is not as immediate, however, because the primary thrusters of Voyager 2 have not significantly degraded. Um, this is a great fact you're coming up this on. Is, yeah, so look out for this one, listeners, because it, it's expected um, that in the year 40,272, so most of the listeners, most of, I'm sorry, most of the older listeners will be dead by then, but some of the younger ones still might be going, Voyager 1 will come within 1.7 light years of an obscure star in the constellation Ursa Minor, which is the little bear or the little dipper. And in about 40,000 years, Voyager 2 will come within 1.7 light years of a star called Ross 248, which is a small star in the Andromeda constellation. Unless alien beings bring those back to us sooner. Yeah. Or it collides with, it just collides with an asteroid. I don't know how they can... Well, but like that's. I know space is very empty. Yeah, space is way emptier than uh, you know a Star Wars asteroid uh, dodging scene would have you believe. Space is very empty, so the chance of it is low. But on the other hand, you've got forty thousand years, which is a lot of opportunity. The the chance of something unlikely happening increases exponentially over time. I mean, that's why they call it space because it's spacious. Yes. Yeah, it's got a lot of space up there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. I guess they do have problems with the International Space Station. Oh, I guess things in orbit. There's probably more stuff, there's more debris in Earth orbit than there is just in general space. Yeah, well, I guess once it is getting to interstellar space, where it's actually, a, like Voyager shit. 1 has mm-hmm. now left what is considered our solar system and is now right. in between the stars. The <laughs> so what do, is there a website that you go to every morning, like when you get on your computer in the morning to check your email, what website do you go to? Do you go to a science website? Not, not in so, preparation for this podcast, but just in general. No, I, I don't. Well, we get we get a lot of listeners sending in stories now, yeah. which is how... In fact, oh, was this story good. sent in by a listener? Um, um, I'm sure I'm quite sure. a few listeners sent in the Voyager story. That's good. You're, they're doing your pre-production. They absolutely oh, yeah. are. We don't pay them. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> we pay them in thanks, so hopefully we will thank whoever the Voyager story was sent in by. But, um, but you yeah, know, I, I, my go-to is I, just, I check the BBC News website every day. Okay. I sometimes check Slate. I sometimes check Chortle, which is a British comedy website, okay. just to see what my friends back home are up to. Okay, cool. Um, what about you, Paul Andy? Steen, I think Paul, Paul Steenbeck Steen descended in that story. Is it Beak or Beck? I always forget. Um, yeah, same. I don't really... Most of... I guess I, I should develop a better news habit and find sources that I like. Well, it doesn't have them. to be news. It could be anything. Anything fun. Just, I'm always fascinated with what people... You get up in the morning, you have your coffee, you check your email, yeah, and then yeah. you check these websites. I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed that like CNN does tend to be a thing. And mm-hmm. I, like, I've seen things that are that are bullshit and they're skewed on there, but I do kind of 
just go to it because I'm curious what they're saying. Is that and sometimes I'll go to Fox News to see what like especially when something crazy is going down. I'm like, is this crazy enough that they'll have to cover it, or is this a thing that they'll? Oh, spin? No, I I will turn on. Uh, I will turn on Sean Hannity at night oh, right. just because <laughs> just work up it'll, night. Well, it'll drive me insane. And because I, just to laugh, cause I'm like, oh, this, mm-hmm. this yeah. they're, they're off there. And I, I kind of feel like you do have to watch yeah. a little, like you just can't say they're crazy over there. You have to watch it. And then, this, then you can say they're crazy. Right. over there. And also generally before we start recording, I also check things like new scientists just to see if there's big stories that our mm-hmm. listeners have missed out or that have broken in the last day or so. Um, or just fun stories. What's right. the biggest science story of 2017? Oh, it has to be the uh, the discovery of gravity waves, isn't it? Wait, uh, that was this calendar year? Well, the, I guess the first one was just at the end of the last calendar year, but then the confirmation of it and the repeated finding of it, and then the finding of it not just from two black mm-hmm. holes colliding, but from neutron stars colliding. Right, right, and having not just the... having two kinds of... having the LIGO thing and then also having... The, have the two kinds of detection of it. Yeah. Well, I forgot what other... The repeated confirmation of it. Do you guys no, do... Like, yeah. Do you do a year in review science episode? Oh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, no one does that, do they? Nah, you should. You guys should, should spearhead that. that. We should do a Christmas special, shouldn't we? Where we go, like, <laughs> what, are your, what are your favorite stories? I think a few years ago, I did try to do just a recap of the year, not even just science, just bring a bunch of comics on and just be like, what were your favorite things of the year? Like, yeah. For 2015. But there were like six of us, and a few of us were uh, drunk, brunch drunk. All right, so it, it wasn't it wasn't the best episode. It was a little hard to wrangle, <laughs> but uh, I think that was, actually yeah, that was 2015, and I think the thinking was it was such a bad year. Let's try to end it on a positive note with people saying things they loved about 20, and that was 2015. Well, remember? I, I mean, remember yeah. remember how shitty 2016? So is it just like everybody thinks every year is the worst year from now on? This one's pretty. Winning. This is doing, but last year. Everyone's yeah. like 2016 was the worst ever. Is this is 2017 worse? Hey, here's some good news. Yes. No, yes, it is. Okay, yeah, it yeah. is right. Yeah, uh, some good news. Three cups of coffee a day. I don't think, I think see. There's coffee in front of you right there. Are you a coffee drinker? If it's going to help me with something, I'll drink three cups of coffee a day. It, moderate coffee drinking may have health benefits and is safe, according to a large review of studies in the British Medical Journal. It found a lower risk of liver disease and some cancers in coffee drinkers and a lower risk of dying from stroke. But researchers could not prove coffee was the cause. Too much coffee during pregnancy may be harmful, the review confirmed. And experts say people should not start drinking coffee for health reasons. But University of Southampton researchers collected data on the impact of coffee on all aspects of the human body, taking into account more than 200 studies, most of which were observational. Compared with non-coffee drinkers, those who count who drank about three cups of coffee a day appeared to reduce their risk of getting heart problems or dying from them. The strongest benefits of coffee consumption were seen in reduced risks of liver disease, including cancer. I wonder whether that's because people are drinking coffee instead of booze. Like, that's their fix. Uh, Wait, there are people who don't combine those? Right. But Paul Roderick, co-author of the study from the Faculty of Medicine at Southampton, said the review could not say if coffee intake had made the difference. Factors such as age, whether people smoked or not, and how much exercise they took could all have had an effect. The findings back up other recent reviews and studies of coffee drinking, so overall his message on coffee was reassuring. There is a balance of risks in life, and the benefits of moderate consumption of coffee seem to outweigh the risks. The NHS recommends pregnant women have no more than 200 milligrams of coffee a day, which is roughly two mugs of instant coffee. This is a British article, so instant coffee is a thing. Because too much can increase Wait, the risk that, of... Is that way more common? Is yeah, because Britain's... Britain is far less of a coffee culture. Uh-huh. So 
it's just not as common to have the makings of fresh coffee. It's just become a thing of just, you know, you sort of grow up as yeah. tea as the predominant drink. Now I think it's probably roughly equal or it's close, but people will just use instant like Nescafe or Kenko or Maxwell House, like yeah. the granules. And everyone who actually likes coffee just is aghast at that. It's like the tang uh, of coffee. Yeah, it's, it's fine if you... If it's not, it doesn't taste the same as... Right, right. Yeah, my grandparents used to drink Sanka. That yeah. was the instant coffee. Was it always... Is that always decaf or is there a regular... Is there a calf? Mm, I think there was a, a regular and a decaf. Oh, okay. That's like a... That's a real bullshit study because, I mean, it's like... You just can't drink three cups of coffee but then continue to abuse your body. Well, in say, all these much, other ways. Yeah, how much alcohol does it yeah, cancel yeah. out in your liver? I think, I think the takeaway from this is that a moderate amount of coffee, which for pregnant women is one or two cups, and for non-pregnant uh, yeah. people is three to four cups, a moderate amount of coffee a day doesn't have health risks on, on balance. Okay. Like the gains and the losses roughly equal each other out so that it's you're fine, mostly. Also, I'm surprised that this, when they listed the caffeine content in these different drinks they were saying a 250 milliliter can of energy drink only has about 80 milligrams of caffeine and a, a cup of coffee has 140 that seems yeah off. i thought i thought like energy drinks had double i've never had an energy drink like a never? red bull i've never no no or in, uh, in your time in your time i never not funny wasn't jimmy into the blue monster drinks <laughs> yeah he would what, what were those called I think it was Monster. Monster. Oh, I didn't hear you say. Yeah, you said Monster. monster. Yeah, I um. No, I like. But I like. uh, I like uh, Coca Cola. Yeah, that would be my energy drink, I guess. But I think that's that's comparable to coffee, if not lower. It's not like crazy. But uh, yeah, I've never had a. I've never had an energy drink. They're not good for. Yeah, that's not. uh, Can you feel it? Does it give you the jitters? Yeah. Like when I was in college, or just after college, is when Red Bull started becoming bigger in the US and there was a year or so when that when Red Bull and vodka mm-hmm. was the go to drink with me and my friends when we'd go out and it's just I mean it's like a yeah, that poor sounds man's, like a mess. A poor man's uh what do you call it? Is this speedball? It's just mixing uppers and downers. It's just a weird thing to do to your body. Just, Red Bull yeah. and vodka. Yeah. It's just I mean it's, it's I don't know, it just feels so gross. Like if if I want alcohol and caffeine yeah. Even, I mean, it's not always a possible thing to get in a bar, but like I would, like I love an Irish coffee. Yeah. Like, co- Which is like a lightweight or, version of a Red Bull and Vodka kind of. But it actually, yeah. I think by the looks of things has more caffeine and more alcohol in it than the average vodka. Oh, maybe so. Well, how does that work now? I, uh, you're you're, you're uh, slight. Yeah. You're thin. Mm-hmm. How does that work on you? Well, ca- coffee, I stay away from coffee for the most mm. part. I didn't realize... I didn't know that. Yeah, I mostly drink tea, and that's because I didn't realize how sensitive I am to caffeine, but it really... Mm. All, I drank so much when I was a student, and then looking back, I was like, oh, why was I always either wired or asleep? <laughs> like, I, I just had yeah. two settings. I was either bouncing off the walls or crashing, and it's because that's what caffeine does to me. So yeah. now I, I drink tea, which is more level, and then... I save if I have something really important like an important meeting or like a TV gig yeah. where I'm just and I'm feeling my energy is flagging like a, I sort of keep it in re- it's like a nice sort of boost button <laughs> that I have your tolerance low so you can that's exactly what yeah. I do I'm like, if I drink loads of coffee I'm always awake or crashing I'm always like really wired or crashing right. yeah. but I have a I'll have an espresso if I really need to wake myself up or you know if, if it's like if I'm out sometimes if I'm out with friends and we've had a big meal with wine or whatever, and I, I the evening's still going on, and I'm feeling myself flagging. Then I'll have an espresso after dinner. Right, right. Yeah, tea. But, tea is comforting. 
tea is comforting. Yeah, it's. Uh, but tea still has caffeine in sure it, it, but does. generally not as much as uh, coffee. Someone, someone posted this. I think it was my friend Andrew O'Neill posted this on Facebook, and I, I don't know any um of our chemist friends who listen, particularly organic chemists, I guess, who can confirm this. But apparently, caffeine dissolves in water much quicker than the other things from tea. Caffeine dissolves really quickly. Mm-hmm. So you can make a cup of tea and then relatively briefly dunk two other tea bags in the cup and you get espresso tea. <laughs> you get sort of high, you get highly caffeinated tea that has the flavor of a normal cup oh. but has the caffeine content of three cups. I've never heard of this. So wait, one tea bag won't do that for me. Right. So, Even if I let it steep for a long time? No, because also I guess the caffeine comes out quicker and then the sort of the 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 thing that happens if you steep it longer is the other like the tannins and the other flavors mm-hmm. get stronger and eventually it ends up kind of stewed. But like but, if you did three or even four tea bags all at once. But you just you well, you do one tea bag okay. for a while for the right. flavor, okay. for the amount that you like it to be steeped and then towards the end of the process just drop in two other tea bags and then pull them out relatively quickly. Sort of blanching the tea bags or something. There's yeah, kind of just to sort of seep terms. out. I wonder if that. I wonder if that really works. I don't know. Mm. Listeners, give it a shot. Let us. Or know. you could just like crush up some Pro Plus tablets and just. I mean, I would stir them into your tea. In order to find out if that worked, you'd have to do it, and then you'd have to really feel like different immediately, right? You'd have to be like, oh, oh, Jesus, that's. Ooh. Well, I don't know. I think the way, the real way to test it is to. I don't know how you test for yeah, caffeine right. levels in There's what the oh, in your chemical system. test is. Yeah. Well, no, in the actual cup. Right. Um, but yeah, that's exactly the kind of dumb thing that I would have done as a student. <laughs> but you could say that you were experimenting for, uh, for yeah. a project. Actually, we never finished off the, the adolescent story, but just there's one last paragraph that I would... So yeah. these findings explain why adolescents are so nonchalant when it comes to risky behavior, says Kathleen Cohen-Kadosh at the University of Surrey. Teenagers are more likely to drive dangerously, for example, especially when one of their friends is nearby. This was something I think we talked about a while back where not only do kids m- more dangerous and impulsive yeah. drivers, but they're at their most dangerous when they have a car full of their friends. Um, Stefano uh, Palm. Palmentieri at uh, the Ecole Normale Supérieure in France says, thinks schools should reconsider the way they test performance in adolescence. The study suggests it's not a good idea to evaluate school performance in a single final exam. A better idea would be to use a variety of smaller tests conducted throughout the year. It's not all bad news for teens, as adds uh, Palmentieri. We could look at this the other way around, he says. Adolescents put the same amount of effort into tasks that aren't important and start to prefer hobbies to school. This could be a good thing, uh, allowing teenagers to learn complex social skills, for example, which I think is a fair point. Yeah. I think a lot, it's very easy, particularly people who make policies with kids in schools and don't necessarily follow peer reviews. You know, there's a lot of policies that are made for education that ignore science and ignore studies and just go like, what you think should be happening so children should learn. There was a story actually a few days ago. And I don't think it was in our list, but that studying grammar rules doesn't help you learn the language. It doesn't help you learn English. Is it only true for your native tongue or because I mean, studying, obviously learning a new language, you need to do that unless you're young enough that you can just kind of pick it up. Uh, let me check it. the story while we Maybe cover. you don't need to, but I, 
yeah, I feel like I never learned grammar rules for English. It was all just absorbed because you just hear how it's used. And then it was only when I started learning Spanish in high school or whenever that I even understood the concept of conjugation, even in my own language. Yeah. Because you don't think about it. You just know it. But yeah, but no one ever tried to teach us things. No one formally taught us. There are some really impressively complicated things that you absorb linguistically. Mm. Like the subjunctive Just, and stuff, yeah, yeah, or or the the order of adjectives. If you have if you have numerous adjectives qualifying a noun, mm-hmm. um, like you'd never say the red big bus, right? right you'd always right. say the big red bus. You just know that somehow, yeah. And just why, 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 why do you do that? Why is it? They're, they're both correct, <laughs> right? Both both red and big are adjectives that qualify yeah. the modified the bus, yeah. But why do you know that the the size has to go before the color. Didn't we talk about this? Like the, someone that stated explicitly the order of operations of adjectives, like of yeah. six different kinds. Because if you, you if you if you wrote the sentence with red preceding big, would the teacher mark it wrong? Because uh, it didn't sound. Not, yeah, it's not technically wrong. No, but it sounds weird. It does sound weird. This sounds weird. F. Yeah. So the generally the adjective order is quantity or number, quality or opinion, size age, shape, color, proper adjective, often something like nationality or place of origin or material, and then purpose or qualifier. That's crazy. That let's we just start. Yeah, let's that. just start. Why don't we start just talking the way we want to? <laughs> if we want to say the order. red big bus, we will. That's going to make you think there's a brand of bus called Big Bus or something. Mm, maybe. The red maybe. One, you know what I mean? Which would follow that rule because then Big Bus would be the proper. Yeah. Right. The, or wasn't one of them proper adjective you said or? That's closest yeah, to, if it's yeah. if it's big if big bus is There's like a, a type of, the, of thing, yeah, yeah. the mm-hmm. red big bus. Yeah, but you would pronounce it big, big bus. bus. Yeah, rather than the red big bus. Words, right, you would. It's really the, the English language drives me insane. Anyway, it's a like, bad language like, for it to, to to be one of the ones that's standard yeah. in the world. That's like really, you know, like G N A T. Why isn't that just N A T? Right. Why is why isn't night just N I T E? We could change it now. I mean, that's, wasn't Esperanto an attempt to make a language that was going to be universal, that would that's logical? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it is illogical. Yeah. Everything in es- Esperanto is... Every, everything is pronounced how it's written. Like, there's, there's, no, there's no ambiguity about how a word is pronounced if you see it written down, or if you hear it, there's no ambiguity of how to write it. Yeah. Spanish is pretty good about that. Spanish is... It, it, what, which is why get. Esperanto is, I think... Pulse. largely based on Spanish. Yeah. It's sort of a simplified version of Spanish with some pulls from other languages. Mm-hmm. I'm down with it. That's how it should be. Let's learn Esperanto. Uh, do we have time for one more story, Matt? I think we do. If you if you have time, Pat. I have as much time as you want. I think I have a hard out at four o'clock. Okay, we can make that. So let's, uh, let's see what we can do. This uh, story will offend none of us because we're all f- freshly, cleanly shaven gentlemen here. Mm. Um, but listener Aaron Minish sent us in this story. And again, listeners, you can email, as always, probablyscience at gmail.com or tweet at probablyscience if you want to uh, send a story or just say hi. Uh, Aaron sent us a story about the fact that beards are all bristle and no brawn. And she liked this because, uh, let's see. Aaron is not a beard fan. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to have to find a different version of this story, though? Because it's so Oh, no, I, I got it. I got okay. it. One second. Um, so, yeah, bearded men may look macho, but the facial hair is a big lie. They're no tougher than clean-shaven men, say scientists who watched, <laughs> quote, beardies take on, quote, shavers in 600 martial arts fights. <laughs> Indeed, many men grow beards to try to look tougher than they are, described by researchers as a dishonest signal of formidability. 
The study, which aimed to find out if a beard offered any practical benefit, either in softening the impact of being punched in the face or by intimidating opponents, was the latest into why men grow facial hair. One theory is that a beard makes a man seem more masculine, enhancing, quote, judgments of masculinity and aggression by exaggerating the apparent size of masculine craniofacial traits, wrote lead researcher Barnaby Dixon of Queensland <laughs> University, Australia, who has a beard. He said, we found no evidence that beardedness was associated with fewer knockouts or greater fight ab fighter ability. We suggest beards represent dishonest signals of formidability that may curtail the escalation of conflict by intimidation. Dishonest signals of formidability that may curtail the escalation. So it's trying to keep anyone from even starting a fight with you because you're weak. So you're growing a beard. Grow a beard. To, to, to curtail the escalation of conflict. In and intimidate right. without intimidating. Intimidating without being a good fighter. Okay, so if you're wearing a beard, you're making up for something. You're not a good fighter. Right. You're barely a man. That's why I, I don't have a beard to signal. <laughs> so people assume that I'm not good at fighting, and they're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have you been in a fight, Matt? I forgot if we talked about Not really, about no. Nothing uh, approaching a fight? Nothing really approaching a fight. Not a fighty person. Not unless you count like, like uh, scraps at school. Right. Well, I mean, how, how serious would British scraps get? I don't know what you guys do. You know, we meet behind the tuck shop and, <laughs> you know, and someone has a catapult. And when, you, right. when you were in school, was there someone that wanted to, uh, and, and either, I, I'm not saying just to you, I mean, like, not, not but like someone a... wanted to, you, you knew someone was wanted to beat you up, but they were going to. I don't, yeah, not like, I was, I was pretty good at talking my way out of fights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was generally pretty handy at that. Yeah, I can remember times like getting out of school and then running home and trying to avoid like oh yeah, yeah. a couple of dudes that I knew didn't. But did they ever actually beat you, or was it, cause I remember having like bullies and being intimidated? But there was never an actual fight. They'd be like, the no, they'd be like, they like they they might grab you by the shirt and yeah, yeah, stuff like that. But um, I had a I had a paper out when I was uh, probably thirteen. And the two kids in school, Chris Kajampa. Chris Kajampa has bad and, news. And Terry Ratchford. Never liked the guy. No. The, those guys are bad yeah. news. I had to deliver the paper to, to Chris Kajampa's house. And they were there and they were just like, they were really bullying me and threatening me. And I was super scared. And I completed the paper out and I got home and my dad's like, how'd your paper out go? And I just started to cry. Oh. I know. And my dad's like, what happened? And I told him, and this was back in the day when your dad could just put you in the car and we drive over there yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. and these kids were both they didn't have dads their their you know mothers were divorced whatever and my dad just basically told these kids if they gave me a hassle again he would kick their ass <laughs> and that worked back then yeah i guess it would still work now you just can't do it right right but and they were like oh okay and i never had a problem again yeah like but now there would be like someone, well, now yeah, someone one of those come. kids would be filming that encounter yes, yeah. Yeah. and there'd be yeah. like a video on the internet yes exactly a in a minute a dad fighting a child yeah <laughs> a different dad yeah and he didn't lay hands on him he just said look <laughs> right but like speaking of that article where kids don't understand stakes i'm surprised that uh that dude hold on the police are at my window what the heck? <laughs> edit point or maybe did we'll they, leave this in let's see what happens did they yes, hear sir. us i know there's there's literally two police officers outside what's going on andy's going to check matt you get scared when the police show up yeah, because I'm undocumented. <laughs> Lock that door. We would be the worst witnesses because we've had headphones on. Yeah, we've literally... 
Are you afraid there could be gunfire coming through the... There's always that worry, isn't there, under the American police? Yeah. See, when I, w- when I was a kid, like when the police showed up, the good guys were here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and now it's a little bit of a touchy situation. They have different clothing. They, they look like they were like county sheriff rather than... Yeah, yeah. They, had, they, had they, they, they look like, a, they look like a California Highway Patrol. Right. They weren't in their dark blue... Oh, now there's some, there's some lights flashing. Well, that's the dog upstairs. Oh. Did Andy go to hide? Because he left. No, Andy went to pee. He left us out here in Carm's way. Oh, there's, there's another, another guy. There's another guy. There's a third you, police officer. You might have to let him sheriff. in. You might have to let him in. There's a third guy, Andy. There's a third police officer. I said, you left us in harm's way. You went to hide. I, I left you guys. Did the police come back while I was in the bathroom? There's another, no, a third, another third, a third guy third. just walked past there. A yeah. guy, is it a cop or this guy? No, a third sheriff. Neighbor. Third okay. sheriff, yeah. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I'll leave this in or I'll cut out the dead air time, but unless you guys had a great conversation while I was gone. I don't, I don't know, know if it was see, a great see conversation. See how you feel about it. Yeah. it out. Um, but I forgot, have I talked about the situation in the building here? We have. Because you've seen up? the guy pacing back and forth. We have a neighbor... And speaking of like homeless problems and just lack of any social safety net in mm-hmm. this country, there, we have a neighbor who's got a schizophrenic son and okay. he's not being taken care of. I think he's medicated now, but he just paces by, by my window because there's nowhere else to... He just walks this route all day long with this uh, this hood, hoodie up and uh, and he's gotten restraining orders everywhere in the neighborhood. I think everyone... It looks like he's up to something yeah. bad when he's actually just schizophrenic and pacing and doing nothing at all but thinking that he's part of some elaborate plot i'm and sure can i ask what race he is he's a hispanic okay uh, probably tw- early 20 something and my neighbor upstairs marcia she's lived here 15 years so she's seen him grow up she's yeah he was, he'd been here since he was like eight years old yeah. and it was you know it's something that i think usually sets in is in, in like late adolescence, mm. right, is when schizophrenia usually manifests itself. So it's, I don't know, it's been really sad. She said she's seen, and there's been times when he's medicated and is a little better, but like the police come multiple times a week. Okay. And I think he goes to jail and then gets out. And like there's no, I mean, he should probably be in some kind of care facility. Yeah, care facility. Uh, does it make, family you, does it make you uncomfortable when someone's pacing in front of your window? It's Do also you, very unnerving because it's the only window that I have. Yeah. So if I want any daylight to come in, I have to. And then uh, not th- I'm not. This is horrible. They, they've had a horrible year because so there's four of them living in a one bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. So this same size. Yeah. yeah. Four, a family of four. And the father was hit and killed by an Uber driver on Fountain this summer. Oh, my God. And the mother speaks no English and doesn't work. So now oh she's got God. two sons, one of whom is the police come every so yeah, it's very sad, and uh, I don't know what we can do or what's going to happen. Um, it's not not fun podcast talk, but that's no, what's going on. But it's on. reality. Do you shut your drapes when he's uh, no pacing? Because uh, again, there'd be no light in this room, so it's just you're big on the sunlight. This is from a, the time I walked in. He's always talking about the sunlight. Yeah, it's he's a, a big cavernous sunlight guy. space. Yeah. If there isn't, so yeah, it's a weird it's a weird living situation because that's this is also the, anybody in my building has to walk by here to get yeah. to their apartments. When I first walked in here, I said this is a great apartment. Now I think it's a horrible place. It's, it's Strange. A horrible place I didn't know about this aspect of it when I and just then the police were like given they were sort of giving me attitude like I'm not part of the yeah he was like mad that there weren't better labels on the unit numbers yeah, like, so you're the building landlord. well sorry when I was building the apartment <laughs> yeah you should have said that and then you'd be on the uh, ground right now yeah uh, I was even wondering about what the deal is with letting them in that front because because you didn't you're not letting them into everyone's apartment is still their front door so what's the legality because you don't have Are to they let someone to be in that fr- in that other door I don't know yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's something like if you said I'm not letting you in and then came back in here, I'm sure there's obstructing justice, yeah. maybe. 
Okay, here we go. But yeah, again, I don't know. We have legal experts watching this. I waved. They didn't wave back. Maybe they heard, but I can't tell how loud we were talking. Am I going to be on their radar now for talking shit about them? Yeah. Okay. Protecting and serving. Your Captain um, Sunlight is the code word for you. You're just recording your innocent InfoWars type radio yeah. show yeah. From, <laughs> from your living room. Yeah, they probably looked in here and were like, know. what are those guys doing? It's we, LA. I'm sure this. I'm sure every other apartment they walk into has a podcast being recorded. People still And they're know. like, God, we, got, we, we keep forgetting to talk about that on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> on our police day-to-day business podcast that we do. <laughs> oh, okay. I should have mentioned after I let them in, he said, have a nice blog. This <laughs> is what my 60-something roommate in the valley used to say when he walked by. <laughs> Unironically, nice when he'd see us setting up to record. Nice, nice callback to two years ago. Yep. Yes. Yep. I wonder what's become of Brendan. Yeah, that was the former We should do an update someday. Who was living in the pool house. Has this always been recorded where you live and not where Matt lives? Yes. We, I've had Why is that, Matt? Why don't you want people in your home? Because <laughs> a- Andy's always had the more... Of- the better place or the I'm not the best laid out place you don't have to say that your place is yeah but Andy Andy's place is we could we could do it in my apartment now that but Andy's place has a little bit more room and I guess I have the stuff I got and the, Andy has the equipment as well that's okay. the other thing Andy's you'd have the, to bring it Andy's the custodian of the gear so it does make sense to go to where the gear is I what? have I have all these Rubbermaid boxes Rubbermaid what do you call those things whatever like tubs tubs tub. yeah that yeah. I have stacked in the closet and a lot of those are for festival like i bought sure. all these equipment so if bridgetown ever needed so i just have all these you know cables and mics. equipment yeah equipment what, what, do you, what do you record on what it's what program are you using we're just recording on a zoom now, oh right there then oh, okay edit in audacity it used to go straight to a laptop and then at some point i'd maybe i don't have enough ram and it would sometimes cut out like every 10 seconds gotcha half a second or something so not that high and tech, you have another zoom over there fine. that's a backup zoom that's just getting a uh, room yeah, I have, I have three Zoom H4Ns. Well, now you're just bragging. Right. <laughs> they cost 100 uh, And then I have this H1 that's just getting... Um, that's a backup. I mean, but you bought them for Bridgetown, right? You yes. bought them for... Or for podcasting and then eventually for other festivals. And yeah. Okay, cool. It's a, it's a great... like. It's a tax write-off. No, but the, the, the Zoom H4N, I think, is one of the better audio things ever made especially at that price point like yeah. you can we yeah, I have we have one of those we don't record on it but we have it for yeah. for remote stuff if my wife does remote stuff we did the sound for I produced and did sound for Jason Nash's movie Jason Nash is married and we just used an H4N that I mean it was a wow. thousand dollar uh, mic microphone yeah mic, but then it was just going into the XLR input on, on that so that's well, that's pretty fine amazing enough for a movie yeah yeah, yeah. that's pretty great um yeah, you're about to go on location. I saw you're at Sketchfest this year yes. with a special guest. Yes, Rick Springfield. Oh my god, that's amazing! I, I've been trying to get Rick Springfield for uh, five years, and uh, he has some he has some tough PR people. <laughs> I would just what? say that. How did you finally yeah. break through that? Um, every time you get a a good guest, it makes it easier to get a good guest. Yeah, so right, we've right. just we've just been amassing. You know, a lot of and in the last two years at Sketchfest, we had Sammy Hagar, and then last year we what? had. I didn't know. And that. then we and then last year we had Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, that's great. So, well, um, Sammy Hagar lives in Marin. Yes, he does. And I know that because when we did when we did setlist when we filmed setlist up in Mill Valley at mm-hmm. uh, the Throckmorton, and Robin Williams was on the show. I guess Sammy Hagar is friends with Robin Williams as two famous Mill Valley residents. Yeah. So suddenly, yeah, I was like doing setlist. And suddenly, Sammy Hagar was in the green room. I was like, oh, all right. All right. How are you, Sammy? Yep. 
Hey, Sonny um, Hagar. Thanks for coming to my comedy amazing. show. Also, it helps that Rick has a new album coming out uh, the week that he's going to be on Sketchfest. Perfect. So that was... He wants to do... He wants to it. promote yeah, it yeah. to, you know, whatever. Is that however his first you can. In, in a long time? Or no, he always no. Putting... See, I'm a huge fan. Oh, okay. So, no, his last album came out in 2016. Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah. Was that, uh, was that around the time the documentary... Because he was big in that... Uh, was it Sound City, the documentary? Yeah, he was in that... Yeah, no, he had an album out when that came out in two thousand. Yeah, he he records a lot of uh, never stops. No, he doesn't. But people don't know that. Right. That's right. the problem with these some veteran artists. People are like, oh, are they still around? Yes. Yeah, like we saw. Wait, you were at the Nick Lowe show like three or four years ago with me, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nick Lowe's new album then, I guess four years ago now, phenomenal. Yeah, different, very different from like early from his early Nick Lowe stuff. But sure, phenomenal. Yeah. That's great. Rick Springfield. Yeah, I think Rick he, Springfield he has put out 17 studio albums, six compilation albums, two live albums, 34 singles, and 11 music videos. Are you on Wikipedia? I am. Look at what the last album's, his last studio album's called. You'll, you guys will appreciate the title. This is, oh, it's Rocket Science. Yeah. Nice. It has a pretty cool cover, too. It's got uh, two monkeys on the cover wearing, like, uh, metal strainers with wires and... <laughs> Does he have a lot of animal? He's got the... What's the dog album? Um, Working Class dog. dog. That was his dog. Oh, okay. His dog, Ron, was on the first two album covers. He's great. I feel like he's maybe a little bit... I mean, not that he's underappreciated, but maybe his pretty boyness mm-hmm. doesn't get him as much credit as he deserves mm-hmm. for the music. And when you have you like know. one or two mega hits and they... Yeah. But in the, 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 the recent album, the lyrics are very dark. The music's not dark. So yeah. you're just like, you know singing along but then all of a sudden you'll be like hey wait a minute <laughs> what was that lyric oh he's I got some demons okay, he's got some them. demons but um he's uh he's 68 years old he's a what? he's a year older than david cassidy was who oh just passed yeah and i always think of them because they in their in their early years they they had a similar look you yeah. know what i mean so for one guy just took care of himself so he, he was already like 30 then when he broke or? Well, yeah, the first, oh, when Jesse's girl wait, came out. My landlord is here. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. To, I know. Hold I on love a second. This. this is great. This is, I'm leaving all this in. Yeah, well, I would back. leave it. I love stuff like this. I never, I never edit stuff like this out. But Matt, you can't put your mic down because then. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I've got to keep it up. You don't have your headphones on anymore on. either. No, I took them off because they Tired of hearing me. my voice. <laughs> I can still hear you. You're sitting uh, I know. a foot and a half away from me. Matt, my wife and I were big fans. I told you this before. When you were on Last Comic Standing, we were very big fans of you. Oh, thank you. What season were you on? I was season five. Season five. Um, yeah. I was... Oh, he's out. And he's evicted. Is that what that is? Uh, is that an eviction notice? Just got a rent increase, guys. <laughs> That's pretty fun. Oh, boy. <laughs> is it a lot? Um, it is a $29 a month rent increase. Okay. That's I think is the, we're at West Hollywood's rent control. So that's probably, it's been a year. It's so now the, uh, that hundred dollars a day that you spend is going to go up a couple of bucks a day a couple buck, or a dollar, less than a dollar a day. This isn't rent controlled. This is rent controlled. Rent control doesn't mean you can never go up. It means that yeah. there's some kind of, I'm sure that's like the maximum allowed. I don't know. I got I got to cut back on that 3000 a month. Although it is every everything. It's everything. Like I said, it's not like it's all I was just uh, 
telling Matt what a big fan my wife and I were when he was on Last Comic Standing. No, that's very kind of you. I was. Oh the, yeah, me I too. was the season. It was season five, so that was well. The Amy Schumer. Mm-hmm. Where is she now? Uh, Doug Benson. Where is he now? Um, <laughs> and I always forget. It was. It was not Papa CJ. No, no, he was the year after okay, me. Sorry. It was a uh, John Reap. Uh, won it. Uh, now, where's John Reap from? Hickory, Hickory, North Carolina. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. He's, okay. You should mention that. All right. Like you should bring the name back. <laughs> He's um. So yeah, there's Reap, uh, Lavelle Crawford. All right. Was that season who then this is on Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. became known as yeah one of the henchmen in Breaking Bad. Yep. The uh, then um. So strange that they cast Bill Burr and Lavelle Crawford in that show. In yeah, non comedic roles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah. They, they were like a comedy, they were like a non comedy comedy duo yeah. in that. So they were great. Both of them were great. It's like Key and Peel and Fargo, yeah. Um, or, or even uh, Odenkirk as Saul. I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. I guess he's just a yeah, big comedy fan and yeah. just puts comedians in the show. Yeah. Um, who else? Deborah DiGiovanni and Jerry D. They were the two Canadians who were both yeah. fantastic. Um, then you're naming all these names and it sounds like you're putting yourself down by naming you're no, saying I think it was just a, it was a good it was a solid group of it people it was a solid oh, group of people Jeannie Asheray that was that was my fellow Brit in there who's now on the Daily Show oh she is I didn't know that yeah she's yeah. a I don't know what they call the not correspondents but people they have on from time to time to do desk pieces yeah, contributors I, I think yeah. that's what they call yeah. them but none of you have fallen off the radar at all yeah it's been a I think if you look at that listing, it's been this was a solid group of people. It was a solid group. Did, was that a good experience? It was a weird experience because you just you, you only with hindsight can you really you're so in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And I was so new to every bit of America, American comedy, TV, reality TV, yeah. like just every part of it was new to me. So is that what brought you to this country? Yeah, Being that's what that's what got me in the country. That's what well, got me my go. first visa. That's, That's great. why I'm here. And the, it's the guy from Save by the Bell who's the producer, right? Peter yeah, Engel. Peter Engel. Yeah, so funny. His, well, he's one of several, uh, <laughs> one of several producers on it. But yeah, Barry Katz is also a producer because it was oh, originally yeah. the original host was Jay Moore, and Barry Katz was Jay Moore's manager. So he's oh, okay. So Barry Katz was always there. Peter Engel was always there, and then they had different production companies for different seasons. So our season was Magical Elves, I don't who. Know uh, I, know, I know the logo. I can see the little logo. The they are. Um, they used to be the neighbors of uh, Jason Nash. Oh, the English guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I uh, can't think of the name, but yeah, they're a good group of people. They also do. I can never remember which of the cooking shows it is that's theirs, but like one of like Top Chef or Chopped or Hell's Kitchen or they're, they're one of those. One the of Chew something. Yeah. Who was? Who were the judges in your season? Um, it was Alonzo Bowden, Kathleen Madigan, oh, okay. and Ant. Oh, boy. That's right. That's mm. right. And Bill Bellamy was the host. I forgot about wow. Ant. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of things I used to get worked up about. Yeah. In this, this is just not too long ago. I looked at my Twitter, and Ant is now following you. And I'm like, oh. really? Was Carlos yeah. Mencia going to follow me yeah, next? Yeah, Again, did you look at his? Whenever I get one of those unexpected ones, I look and see if their number is mm-hmm. like the followers and followees is the same number. Like, this oh is my, that, that's ridiculous. Follow back or something. Here's, am I am I taking am I doing this right? Yes. <laughs> Here's the, my wife is doing Twitter the best of anyone I know. She follows four people. She follows me, my podcast, our daughter, and Barack Obama. <laughs> And she has the four people in her life. Yeah, those are the four people she follows, and she has eleven thousand seven hundred followers. It's a good ratio. So I'm like, 
yeah, these are all legit. You have all legit followers. Like when I see someone, like you said, I'm like, oh my God, they have 25,000 followers. Oh, they're following 23,000 people. Yeah, okay, yeah. well then they have 2,000 followers. Right. All right. That's my tangent. I'm yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. And uh, and I think I, I have some fake, you, know, you can plug in to see how many of your followers are uh, legit and how many are Oh, bots. I don't know how to do that. Yeah, there's some site. I forgot what it, do you know what it is, Matt? Uh, I don't, but I'm looking it up now. I think I'm my ratio is a little high on the bots. I never bought any, but I think somehow I have like a Twitter audit.com. Twitter audit. Yeah. I'm surprised that, that none of the uh, news um, outlets have done a story about how many bots are following Trump. Because like you scroll down and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden it's all these just, you know, just a blank head. It's it's a lot. Okay. So I have, I have a ratio of 11,775 real, 1,698 fake, which is. That's a good ratio. How many followers do you have? 87% real. So about, about 12,500. So 87, 87% of them are real, which gives me a thumbs up apparently. But here's, here's the thing with, with Trump. Firstly, I'm sure he has followers who buy him. F- we we briefly the pro- at probably science. Remember when at probably science yeah. when we were like half a year in suddenly got ten thousand followers and then one of our lessons went I bought your followers and then they all just disappeared over the course of yeah. or like they expired after half a year. Yeah. They um, bought they bought you followers without without us asking for it. Just as just like a fun us. thing to do. By uh, the way, if anybody wants to do that again, go so for I'm, it. I'm sure I, Trump I'm has some people it. like that. But also, yeah. fake accounts have will follow other accounts to give themselves to make them look authentic mm-hmm. so if you're one of those if you are like a one of those organization companies or whatever like we will sell you twitter f- uh followers yeah you have bots that are constantly setting up twitter accounts and then generating content and following other accounts to make them look real right because it'll look crazy if if you just if all of your accounts that suddenly follow you overnight just follow you and no one else. Right. So they're going to follow like 300 accounts so yeah. that they look legitimate. And a lot of the ones they'll follow will be some of the most famous accounts because they're the most obvious ones to follow. Gotcha. So I'm sure sense. a lot of followers of like who are the biggest people like Selena Gomez or Fallon or yeah. or Trump or Obama for that matter or CNN or any of those ones. Yeah. A lot of their fake followers are probably because they are on the list of accounts that you automatically follow if you're setting up a fake follower i didn't think about that until you said that makes total sense but yeah trump is uh according to twitteraudit.com 23 million real 20 million fake wow that's right that's like half yeah yeah wow we we should see if a listener could um send you 29 dollars a month to cover the rent increase if someone wants to do that (laughs) i guess we accept a money order or did just paypal well, we do have listeners do actually, that's funny. You should mention that because we do have very generous listeners who uh, donate via the PayPal link over on the Squarespace powered probably science.com. Should we thank some of those right now? Matt? I think we should. I don't have them in front of me. Do you have them in front of you? Um, I could quickly scan my emails and give you one second. And who's in charge? Who gets the money and has to split it with the other guy? Who's it come to? It comes to me first and then I split up. Uh, I split it and I trust Andy and you know we'll see how that goes are you still waiting for your first payout (laughs) one of these days I you want money more often by the way let me know I feel like it's probably nice because you forget about it and then I just send you over Andy's uh, told me most of the money goes on um, on coffee yeah it's mostly coffee money Um, so Trump okay so Trump has 52% fake Obama has sorry 52% real 48% fake Obama has 76% real oh and what are his total numbers, Obama? Um, 
he has so I'm gonna have to add it up. So he's got seventy five million real and twenty two million fake. And you can yeah. check you so can check anyone's. Thinking. Oh yeah, he has more he has way more followers. You're able to check anyone's with this Yeah. Check what's my, your what's your Twitter handle? Because uh, we should uh, tell our listeners this anyway so they can follow uh, you. Well the the podcast is at Rock Solid Show and I am at Pat underscore Francis. While okay. you're looking that up, I'm gonna thank some of the listeners. Callum Gleason has set up a monthly donation, which is very easy to do. If you go over to probabytons.com, uh, Pandora Young, also paying monthly. Rosalie Simonich, very generous monthly donation. Thank you so much, Rosalie. Drew Chapman, Matthew Arnold, uh, Linda Moulton, extremely generous monthly donation. Thank you, as always, Linda. For Thank you, Linda. Longtime listener and contributor. Uh, Karen Meburn is a name I don't think I've seen before, who has a monthly donation set up. Thank you for that. We got a one-off donation from Alan Nixon who said, thanks for a great podcast from a listener in Winnipeg. I've just used up my free Twitter audit, so I can't, so I can't look <laughs> oh, you no, up. I'll That's look okay. it up in a second. Uh, James W. Casson with a monthly donation. Thank you, James. Another one-off from Robin McCoy, which was very generous. Thank you, Robin. And a, uh, a Justin Broad one-off, longtime contributor of stories and money and ears, Justin Broad. Brooks Gilmore. And finally... Patrick Adam Chalkley, who has been donating for a while. Thank you, as always, to everybody who listens and donates. You don't have a Patreon page. We do not have a Patreon page right now. No. That's one of those things that we've always intended to do and just haven't had. Because <laughs> I used to do like a donation button on the website. And for me, Patreon worked way better. Okay. Way, Even if you I didn't mean, have, because right now we don't really have a lot of other things that we would be able to do as far as tiered, uh, you know, bonus things. But that's not to say we won't in the future have some other nice little perks if people want to look. At, yeah, look. I mean, look at look at my uh, Patreon page, and you can see what because that's what I did. I looked at other people's. I'm like, well, what yeah. what kind of things? Like whenever I have a celebrity guest on, uh, I'll have them uh, I'll have them sign stuff, oh, and cool. then I and then I then I um I do a, a giveaway that's trivia awesome. question. And then all the right answers are entered into a random drawing, and then I give those things away. Oh, that's awesome. And I put up bonus video content once once a week. And how, what do you do? Is it just shot? Uh, I just do it on my phone. You just shoot video of the recording? Well, I no, I do like, um, like last week I did a thing called Pimp My CD. Mm-hmm. I still like physical CDs, yeah. so I'll, I'll hit up Goodwill and I'll buy stuff. But, when, but the, the cases are like broken, or right, the CDs right. all crapped up and I just showed them what I and I'm a weirdo but what I do is uh, I put them in a new jewel case and I I, I spray Windex on it and, I, and then I make you know it's like pimp my ride but I pimp yeah. my so okay. that was just the video for last week <laughs> and then I do a thing like uh, whenever I have a celebrity guest I I get them to do five questions and then they're not nec- they're not music questions per se I might ask you what your favorite animated Christmas special is or it's just stuff like nice, that. Just simple nice. questions. Well, I'll put it to the listeners. If yeah. I leave all this in, I guess I will. Um, if if you guys, what would you want out of bonus stuff? Would you want video of us shooting? Would you want um, like special behind the scenes stuff? I don't know. Is there anything that you can imagine um, being willing to chip in a little bit on a monthly basis to to have additionally from Probably Science? Tweet us at Probably Science with that or email yep. probablyscience at gmail.com. Pat, where else can our listeners find you and what you're up to? Uh, you can find again we are rocksolidpodcast.com and we are at Rock Solid Show on Twitter at Pat underscore Francis uh, like us on Facebook and again if you're in the San Francisco area on Saturday January 20th at 4pm Cobb's Comedy Club we will be uh, doing a live record with Rick Springfield that's so great and, awesome uh, yeah that's fun 
Very cool. Thanks so much for joining us. This uh, this has been a lot of fun. It's been a treat. It was great. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.